Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redeemer Church. Redeemer Church is located in Fate, Texas, and her mission is to share the gospel, shape disciples, and send missionaries into the surrounding communities and across the globe. We hope that this week's message will bring glory to God by building you up and resulting in you looking more and more like Jesus himself. Good morning, everybody. We are the Dowdy family, and this is the third week of Advent, and we are going, our theme this week is joy, and so um, Eve's going to be reading our passage from Matthew 2, 10, and 11. When they saw the store, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell to the ground and worshipped him. They Then opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold. Frankincense and sorry, and myth, myth, myrrh. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are so good, Lord, and you truly are where the joy is, Father. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you that you love us, Lord. We thank you that you didn't want heaven without us, Father. We thank you that you sent your Son for us, Lord. And Father, I just pray that today, as Charles brings the word, that you would open our hearts to hearing that you are the joy, Father. Help us to be sensitive to it, Lord. Help us to be able to see it in our life that over and over and over, you give us joy, Father. That the things of earth grow strangely dim, Lord, as we look into your beautiful face, Father, and we see true joy. In your name that we pray, amen. All right, primary kids, y'all can be released. and grade school. Thank you guys. Well, good morning, church. You might find this in your chairs or maybe a chair around you. It's a card. It's a card that we keep track of both our guests. So if you're a guest with us today, we'd like for you to really take that, take some time and fill that out because we would like to know who you are and, and get to know you if possible. But also on the other side, there's a side for prayer requests. And let me tell you something, we have a great prayer team. I mean, I don't think I've been in a church where I have seen so many prayers answered as I've seen through this little this congregation so take the time to fill the card out if you're a guest fill out that side if you have a prayer request fill that out we'll make sure it gets in the right hands and we will be praying for you and hopefully get to know you well to start off this morning 
I'd like to start with a question. How would you rank the following in order as you see them in your life? How would you rank the following in order as you see them in your life? Worry, stress, fear, joyfulness. Worry, stress, fear, joyfulness. How would you rank them? As we know, Advent is a time when we can take our mind off the clutter of all the stuff that's going on around us, all the stuff that's in our life, and return our focus on Jesus Christ. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, and can anyone tell me what the focus is on? Anyone? Joy! Oh, such an intelligent group of people. I love being here. Well, life is full of events that can cause us to laugh. As I look back on my life, there are some events that I often think about, and one of them I just spent some time with my son, and one of them that comes to mind is when he was somewhere between 9, 10, 11 months old. Judy calls out from the kitchen. I'm back in the back studying or doing something, and she calls out, and she, she, she goes, Come here, you got to see this! I come around the corner, and my son, this little child, managed to open the cabinets, get into the cabinet, find a bottle of cooking oil, get the cap off, spill it on the floor, and I don't know if he was trying to get up and crawl his way out of it or just swim in it because he was doing this. <laughs> oh, for digital cameras back then. And not only that, I just lost everything. But then again, again, there's an opportunity in my life. I never had surgery up until this certain point. And my daughter would often talk about nitrous oxide. Never had it. Oh, Dad, you really need to try that stuff. Like, I'm going to go out and buy a bottle of nitrous oxide. But anyway, I need to have surgery. Found a tumor on my body, and, and I went to the doctor. The doctor says, you need to go. And I said, well, I, I got something to do. Can I do it next? No, you need to go now. Caused a little bit of concern. Go to the doctor. The doctor says, yep, surgery. So here I am going into surgery, laying there on the gurney. The anesthesiologist says, well, I'm going to put a mask on you and give you some nitric oxide. Oh, okay, my daughter says this stuff's pretty good. So I'm laying there on that gurney. Oh, man. <laughs> this stuff's good. What's your smiling at? Oh, my daughter was right. This stuff is awesome. You know? <laughs> I'm actually, those are the words I spoke. And then he goes, he goes, well, you're going to feel a prick, a little pain. Pain? Pain? What pain? I don't feel no pain. <laughs> and then apparently they give me the shot for the, to knock me out. And he goes, start counting from 20. 20, 19. <laughs> I'm waking up. Back in the room. 
And there's my wife, Judy. She goes, what did you tell them in that room? Why? The doctor came in here, and the first thing he said, you had him laughing. <laughs> his whole staff was laughing. So I don't know. Man, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then more recently, a certain individual in our congregation went into the hospital for a procedure. And we're praying for him, of course, but my hope was he would stay overnight. I know you're looking at him, stay overnight. That's real good of you, isn't it? Praying for him and hoping he stay. But I was hoping he'd stay overnight. In fact, I'd come in and sit talk to Judy. Judy, have you heard yet? Have you heard how he's doing? Is he staying overnight? Don't know yet. Okay. Come back. Have you heard anything yet? I hope he stays overnight. I had a plan. I had a plan because I knew he would love it. He didn't stay overnight. I thought, man, I'm nuts. And so I saw him here on Sunday back in the back there, and I said, man, how you doing? I mean, I'm surprised you're here. He said, why did you be surprised? It was just a small procedure. And I said, well, you know, I was kind of hoping they'd keep you overnight. You were what? I said, yeah, I had it all planned out. You see, we have these sets of wings. And I was going to get a white robe. And I was going to get a halo. And I was going to walk into your room wearing that. And he busted out laughing. He was just laughing. He said, Patch Adams. And I said, yes. I heard your laughter. Doesn't it feel good to laugh? Oh, man, laughter is such a great, great opportunity, great relief. One person wrote, the happiest people are rarely, rarely the richest or the most beautiful or even the most talented. Happy people do not depend upon excitement and fun supplied by externals. They enjoy the fundamental, often very simple, things of life. They waste no time thinking other pastures are greener. They do not yearn for yesterday or tomorrow. They savor the moment. Glad to be alive, enjoying their work, their families, the good things around them. They are adaptable. They bend with the wind, adjust to the changes in their times, enjoy the contents of life, and feel themselves in harmony with the world. Their eyes are turned outward, and they are aware, compassionate. They have the capacity to love. When I read that, of course, there was one individual that came to mind, and that was Paul, the Apostle Paul. For he wrote a book that centered on joy, the book of Philippians. Paul was introduced to the Philippians on a second missionary journey. There he he was instrumental in the conversion of Lydia and some others. And while there, Paul and Silas were beaten and imprisoned. But while there, they led the prison guard to Christ. 
Once the politicians realized that they had beaten a Roman citizen, they all of a sudden backed off because the Roman citizens weren't to be treated that way. And because of that, because they backed off, the gospel began to spread even greater in that area. He left, and on his third missionary journey, he returned and visited it again. Eleven years later, Paul, and he'd been through the rear, beaten, imprisoned, shipwrecked, left for dead. But yet here, while he was sitting in a prison in Rome, the Philippians send a gift, some aid and encouragement to Paul. And he responds with this letter of joy, of thankfulness. You see, Paul had a solid core. Life could be falling apart on the edges like it was for him. Outside, he, everything was going wrong for him. But inside, he was strong. Jesus Christ provided for him a solid core. A core where he could face all the stuff that was going on around him and to him. And that's how we need to face our lives. We need to have this solid core so that we can face life with joy that is in spite of. And so this brings me to the first point. Do you choose to be joyful? Do you choose to be joyful? The second question I could ask is, how is your core? Psalms 35, I, I love this verse. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. What, what is he saying? He's basically saying there are things in our lives that are temporary. They're not going to last forever. God's anger, yes, he may be angry for a moment, but the, his favor is going to last forever. We may be experiencing weeping. We may be experiencing sorrow, grief. We may be experiencing troubles, but they will only last in the scope of life. They will only last for a period of time because joy comes in the morning. And I so think that some of you are probably thinking joy comes in the morning. Yeah, for me, it's like, oh God, it's morning. But that depends on the core. The perspective depends upon how solid the core is. Paul, he identifies his core. In Philippians 1.6, he says, and I am sure of this. I'm sure of this. That we who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. What do you see first? I see confidence. Confidence. And I am sure of this. 
Confidence that he knows his God. Confidence he knows that this God does not change. This God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This God is the God I can depend upon when times are good, when times are bad. This God is the God I can depend upon if I'm walking the streets of Rome or walking the streets of the, of the continent or I'm sitting in a prison. This God is the same God to me as if I'm rejoicing with the brothers in the church in some town or if I'm shipwrecked somewhere out at sea. This God is the same. It doesn't matter. He does not change. He is the very stabilizing force in Paul's life. He is the stabilizing force in our life. And that's why our core should be strong. This God who never changes, he's also always at work. He doesn't ever sit idly by and just stand back and, be in, and just lean back in his godly easy chair with his feet up saying, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in my world today. He's there. He's always at work. He's always moving. He's there to, in the, while we're going about our lives. He's there. He's present and ever presence with us. He's there. He's also in control. He's in control. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going to happen in your life. He knows what's coming up in your life. He knows what's going to happen 10 minutes from now, 20 minutes from now, on your way home, when you're at home today. He's going to know those things. He's not sitting idly by. He's part of our lives. He's personal. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we would be able to understand Him, that we would be able to interact with Him, that we would be able to have that relationship with Him so that as we move about, He is with us ever-present. And while He's there, He's in control if we let Him be. See, that's the key is if we let him be. Oh, we think we can handle our lives. We think we can go about the simple things in life, and usually we do. I go to the grocery store, and I don't really think about some of the things that go on. I just, you know, if I see, for instance, yesterday when I was at Kroger, I saw hams were 97 cents a pound. Yeah, I'm going to buy one. Matter of fact, I bought two. I didn't need God to control me on that one because I knew God tells me I need to be careful with my money and <laughs> that's the way I'm careful with my money. I do the same with turkeys. And then I tell people, hey. But God is in control. If you allow Him to be in the control of our lives, part of that core, for Paul, it was easy. He, he knew God was in control. He knew that when he was in trouble, that God was in control. And that's why he could rejoice. That's why he could share his joy. That's why he could share in the joy with the Philippians. God was in control. It didn't matter his circumstances. He didn't matter what was going on out here or to him. He knew. We also know that, that God is in the midst of whatever happens, is happening, or will be happening. When we have a core like that, 
it's easy for us to be able to face the circumstances in life. It is easy for us to base our life, when we base our life on this, on these very facts, which will allow joy to allow us to experience the joy and the joy that allows us to laugh. I, I don't know if you've ever been told, but I remember years ago I was told that out of all the people in the world who could be the happiest would be Christians. We should be the happiest. We know who we are. We know where we're going. And we God, through the Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit, gives us what we need to live from the time that we accept Him to the time we see Him. But not developing a core, not realizing these facts of who God is that Paul puts forth. We open the door for thieves to come in and rob us. Recently, the neighborhood I live in, there was a lot of talk about somebody breaking in. Robbers, they, they broke into people's cars, cars who, of, of those who they neglected to lock the doors but left valuables in the cars. I mean, it was all abuzz our neighborhood. The problem was is they neglected to take the proper steps to secure what belonged to them. If we neglect our core, we too will allow those thieves to come in and rob us of our joy. What are the names of those thieves? First of all, let's start with worry. Anybody do any worrying lately? Oh, let me tell you something. This is a bad one for me. Because I can get something in my mind and I'm going to, boy, I'm going to massage that like a, a, a baker, you know, rolling the dough, trying to get that dough just right. I'm pounding it. And I will lay in bed and I'm trying to go to sleep and my mind just keeps going and going and I have to get up because I can't even stop and sleep. But what is worry? Worry is an inordinate anxiety about something that may or may not occur. And most of the time, it never happens. Paul addresses this in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, you want to counter that thief, then don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In other words, give it to God. Get on your knees, give it to God, and let it go, and don't be anxious. Because when you do that, when you honestly are able to give it to God and walk away from it, I've laid it on the altar, it's there, I'm not going to pick it up and take it back with me. Paul goes on to say, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, that peace that will come once we put that on the altar will be like a fortress around us. And will guard our hearts and our minds against that anxiety that will rob us of our joy. Because those of who continue to worry, continue to a spiral decline, I know I've been there. How many times have Judy got, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, there's something wrong. I can see it. You're something wrong. No, there's nothing wrong. And the whole time I'm torn up about some issue, something that's going on in my life, and something I, you know, all I got to do is say something and share it. All I got to do is pray about it and let it go. All I've got, but I don't. Because it seems so simple, but yet I make it, and maybe you make it, so hard. But in order to experience the peace, we can't be anxious. And we've got to put it on the altar in prayer. The second thief that comes and robs us of our joy is called stress. Anybody been stressed lately? Christmas holidays. Judy came out of the room the other day and said, I tried to order this, but it's out of stock. I tried to order this, it's out of stock. I tried to order this, it's out of stock. Okay. What else can we get them? Stress is this intense strain over a situation we cannot change or control. In other words, it's something that's completely out of our control. Judy, and I have permission to tell this story. Judy, one night I went to bed. It was winter. She stayed up and was cleaning. I don't know why people want to clean at midnight. I have no idea. But there are people who do that. And so she stayed up and she was cleaning. And she realized that we didn't get the mail out of the mailbox. Well, unbeknownst to her, there had been a mist falling for some time and some ice built up on our stairs. She went out. She hit the stair. Poof. Busted her head on the stair. Thank God she didn't pass out because she would have froze to death. She managed to climb up, up to bed, wake me out of a sound sleep, and I mean a sound sleep. I looked at the gash and said, yep, I think we need to go to the hospital. So here we are, roads are icy, driving to the hospital to the emergency room so the doctor can take an x-ray to make sure she didn't crack her skull or do any further damage. And it'd hear the, the little handheld thing go click, click, click. Three staples. Thank God there was nothing serious. Thank God she came home. She had a headache for, for a day or so, but thank God everything was fine. But as time passed, it became interesting. Staying up watching a movie get close to midnight. Hey, think it's time to go get the mail? 
You can laugh about it now, but back then we couldn't laugh about it. But <laughs> we can't live that one down. <laughs> but I could have stressed out <clears throat> because of all the, the, the financial aspect of it and all that stuff like that. Because, you know, it just, you know, could have stressed out the fact that, you know, why in the world are you going to get the mail? I'm driving on ice. Why? But it was out of my control. It had to be done. <clears throat> God, get us there safely. God, get us home. God, make sure that Judy's okay. Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, he wrote in chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord. Not with part of your heart, not just a section of your heart, not a piece of your heart, but all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Why not? Because my understanding is flawed. My understanding could see things and bring things in because I can blow something that's so simple up to being so big and it means nothing. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. In other words, He will give you the ability to walk down the right path. He will be able to take that stress and be able to remove it, release it, because you are going to trust Him that He's going to guide you to make the right decisions at the right time when they're necessary. And that brings us to the third thief that comes to rob us of our joy, and that is fear. Fear, it's the dreadful uneasiness over the presence of danger, evil, or pain. We can put ourselves in fearful situations and fearful <clears throat> experiences. And the only thing we can do is just trust God. But yet, somehow, if we meditate on it, we live in it, we Stay there, that fear just soaks the joy right out of us. The psalmist wrote in, four, in chapter 46, verses 1 and 3, God is your refuge and your strength. We've got to believe that. He's the place where we need to go and hide. He's the place where we need to rest. That is the place where we need to go and feel secure in spite of what is happening. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, because if we put ourselves there, because we put ourselves in the refuge and in His strength, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, through its waters roar with and foam, though the mountains tremble at the swelling, that word selah. Pause. Dramatic pause. Stop there. Think about this. Think about it. Dwell on this, what I just wrote. What am I telling you? When fear enters your life, you have a place where you can go and feel safe. And that is in the Lord. There was a story of a man who fretted for 15 years over his work. 
experienced great growth and success. He started with this small plant and it just grew to this massive several acre complex. But as growth came, so did the demands. As the demands grew, every new day was a new responsibility. He became weary and worried, full of stress and fear. Because when you have something that big and you're hanging on to it so tight, you're afraid you might lose it because if you lose it, what happens then? Finally, after realizing this and the situation he was in, he prayed. He gave it to God. I release it to you. Your, you, your sovereign will from this day forward. Lord, you own this business. The business is yours. And that night, for the first time in a long time, he felt peace. He went to bed early. But sometime late in the night, early in the morning, he receives a phone call. And at the end of it, fire! Fire! He gets dressed, goes down to the plant, the complex, stands there with his hands in his pockets with a grin on his face. One of his executives, how can you stand there and smile at this? I gave this to the Lord, and if he wants to burn it up, he can burn it up, you know. He realized his joy was being taken from him. It was being robbed from him because of where his focus was. But when he put his focus back into perspective, he was able to maintain a perspective. So this brings me to point number three. What is in your arsenal to repel the thieves? What do you have in your core? Or are you still struggling with the worry, the stress, and the fear. I found it very interesting when I started researching joy and laughter. There is an article by Mayo Clinic that was published September 22nd, 2023. It's entitled, Stress Relief from, from Laughter. It's no joke. When you are golfing at a sitcom on TV or quietly giggling at a newspaper cartoon, laughing does you good. Laughter is a great form of stress relief, and that's no joke. A good sense of humor can't cure all ailments, but data is mounting about the positive things laughter can do. They give the short-term benefits. A good laugh has great short-term benefits, stimulates many organs. Activate and release your stress response. Soothes tension. Then there's long-term effects. It improves your immune system. It relieves pain. It doesn't make pain go away, but it eases the pain in your life. 
It increases personal satisfaction. Laughter can also, can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people. It improves your mood. Not that anybody would be moody, right, kids? And so he goes on to say, improve your humor. And it gives you several steps. And one of the steps that I, I usually follow is I will get on the internet, go to YouTube. I loved the Carol Burnett show. I don't know how many of you watched it. I know some of you younger ones are going, who is she? Well, she had a show. And there was two individuals on that show, Harvey Corman and Tim Conway. Tim Conway's goal on that show was to bust up Harvey Carmen, no matter what it took. And one of my favorite skits, there's a couple of them, but one of my favorite ones is The Dentist. If you have not seen that skit, you need to pull it up and watch it. It is hilarious. I read the backstory to that skit. And it said that Tim Conway had Harvey Corman laughing so hard in that dental chair that he wet himself. No kidding. But you need to watch it. And I would sit there sometimes for hours, one skit after another. Just Even though I've seen them, it's just funny to watch them. And I realize there's more up-to-date comedians, Christian comedians, clean comedians that we can watch and, 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 and listen to. But sometimes we just need that. We need that, that opportunity to laugh, to get those endorphins going again. In that list that the Mayo Clinic gave, there's one that made me laugh. I was sitting in my chair just laughing when I read this. Try or consider trying laughter yoga. Picture that in your mind. I looked up yoga moves. And I thought, well, maybe I could do that rocker thing where you grab your feet and all that, and I can do that. up. And I thought, no, that might hurt too much. And I'd be going, oh, instead of going, ha, 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 ha. And so I found an easy one. That's why I put my tennis shoes on today. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that just busted me up. I, just, I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, you think these people were stretching their bodies out and, and some of them are in pain and they laugh. <laughs> but it goes on to say, in laughter yoga, yoga, people practice laughter as a group. Laughter is forced at first, but it can soon turn into spontaneous laughter. I can see how that could happen. But whatever way you can, whatever way when you're in a place that's kind of dark, a place where worry and stress and fear have begun to just drain the joy out of you, maybe this is an option. Looking at funny videos watching funny shows. 
When I was going to seminary, one of the speakers in chapel talked about this, and this was back in the, was back in the 80s. He told of a man who was very ill, a businessman, a friend of his who was very ill. And he sat himself in front of a TV set watching shows like the Three Stooges, Hogan's Heroes, some of the other comedy shows that were on there, laughing and laughing and laughing. He got better. Laughter does something to us. Joy does something to us. So let me ask you, what is your arsenal? Confidence. Confidence gives us that ability to maintain that grace and that peace in our life because of the association we maintain with our God. Choosing the right attitude. Yes, we have the right, we can choose whatever attitude we want. We can choose, oh God, it's morning. Or we can choose, God, thank you. Let me go through the things. You are in control. You have not stepped off your throne. You are in place where you need to be. You are the one who will work with me and work through me. You are the one. And as I face my day, I can face that. Ellen Willer Wilcox wrote a poem, which I will paraphrase. It says, one ship sails east, one ship sails west. Regardless of how the winds blow, it is the set of the sail and not the gale that determines the way we go. Let me encourage you as I encourage myself to set my sail for joy and set your sail for joy. We can't go wrong if we do that. So in closing, let me give you a definition of joy. It says, joy is the settled assurance, the settled assurance, that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence, the ult- ultimately everything is going to be all right, and determined choice to praise God in every situation. We are in a time, the Advent day of celebrating joy, something we should celebrate year-round. How's your joy? Are you keeping the thieves at bay? Is your core solid? Let's pray. Father, as we leave here this morning, oh God, I pray that the laughter we heard here today have its effect in those who experience that laughter. I pray, Father, that our joy will be that of such that it stems from this core that we have developed in our lives through the power of your Spirit by letting him reign in our life, letting him be in charge of our life so that all the stuff that's outside can't change the fact that our joy is rested in you 
and that no matter what we face, we can face it with joy. Thank you, Father, for being such an awesome God, for calling us into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Shannon, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. I trust that the Lord has spoken to you through his word, and if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to trust him today. If you have questions about what that means, reach out to us through our website, RedeemerRC.com, and one of our pastors will be in touch. In addition, if you would like to partner with Redeemer in her mission to share, shape, and send, you can support our ministry by visiting RedeemerRC.com forward slash give. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your active participation in the life of a local church, but tune in next week as we continue to lift high the name of Jesus through every paragraph, passage, and page of the Bible.